and you're listening to teaching from Central Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. We hope that this message will help you experience Jesus in a new and exciting way. For more information, please visit us at centralnazarene.org. I, I uh, made mention last week that I will be talking on uh, themes of, um, of eschatology or the study of end things and um, for the month of October at least. And so today will be one of those days. So you can see it uh, by the title, What Will Be the Sign? That is a common question uh, for a couple thousand years. What is the sign? So I want to talk to you about that. And uh, there's an, a, a little longer reading today, so let's look at it. It comes in um, uh, Luke chapter 21. I'm going to read a little longer than what you have uh, Tyler, so don't get thrown off when I go past what you have marked down there. So there's a lot to the context, you know, before and after uh, what I'm going to read. So some of the disciples, starting at verse 5, some of the disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beauty, beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. And it was a wonder, Herod's temple uh, you can Google images of it. It was quite a remarkable place and building for the time. But I try to follow signs, but I'm not the best at following signs. And, you know, when you get the, open up the package and, and there's the manual, I go, well, why would they stick a book in here? You just start picking that cord and putting that cord and putting that screw in. And when I get it done and, and uh, it's not working, Vic can say, well, did you read the book? And I go, well, you mean that? You know, following instructions, following the signs, uh, we tend not to be real good. But that's, that's just part of human history. It's nothing new that the disciples were asking for signs. When Jesus said, you see this massive building. I mean, if you've seen the Wailing Wall, I'm sure you've seen pictures of the Wailing Wall. That's part of the old temple. I mean, those stones are so massive. You're like, how in the world, 2,000 years ago, how did they move those stones and get them so precisely set? They're huge. They're huge. And so for Jesus to say, all these are going to be torn down, and, and, and they're just not going to be standing. So they want to know, you know, when is this going to happen? So they're asking for a sign, and God gives signs. He, he, has, he gave signs all throughout history, and uh, he continues to give signs. The gospel are full of, and Jesus uh, 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 performed this sign. The disciples are asking for signs. The people are, are asking for signs. And Jesus will perform sign after sign after sign. Even after, even after toward the end of his, um, of his ministry, you know, he was taken captive and, and King Herod wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus, not because he wanted to hear the truth spoken. He wanted to see Jesus so that he might see some sign or some miracle or some wonder. That's us. We want to see some sign, some miracle, or some wonder. Well, we, just, we just want to do that. We, we're just kind of captured by that kind of stuff. And, of course, Jesus would not do that because he's not interested in that. Now, I, you just heard what I said, but I don't know if you heard what I said. Jesus is not interested in a magic show. He's just not. In fact, almost every time Jesus did do a miracle, what did he say to the people? Don't tell. See, we want to go do a miracle and we'll go tell. Just I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this thing for you, but don't go tell. 
because he knows who we are. And he knows that we seek after signs. And we want to know. We want to know in a carnal kind of way. So Jesus will not yield to that. And he won't feed that. Please hear, hear my words. He won't feed that and he won't yield to that. Because that's a very carnal kind of a thing. So he would do no sign. Now just think, just think about it. Now from an earthly point of view, from a, just a human standpoint, you would think, okay, Jesus, you're getting ready to be put to death. You're, you're trying to convince the world that you are the Messiah, that you're the Son of God. Do a miracle for him. I'm not going to do that. Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And we want to pull and pull and pull when the big old sign says, push. We want to do the opposite of what the instructions say. There's one point where Jesus, and I addressed this last week, where the people are asking for a sign. The, 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 the scribes and the Pharisees are asking Jesus a sign. Show us a sign, they said. Not so that they could, not, so, not, not pointing to some future thing, but show us a sign that you are who you say you are. And Jesus, as we made reference last week, he, he's like exasperated. It's like, you ever just been exasperated? You just throw up your hands? You're like, oh, gracious. You just are exasperated. You don't know how else to make the point. And he says, and I'll paraphrase a little bit, you people, you can look at the sky and you see, I just did this yesterday, you can look at the sky and you see dark clouds coming and you say, we better take shelter. It's getting ready to rain. Just yesterday, we were going down the road. I said, look, Vic, there's them dark clouds. We're probably going to run into rain. It wasn't five minutes. It wasn't that long. Sure enough, here come a deluge, a downpour. So Jesus said, you can look in the sky and you can see dark clouds and you know that a storm is getting ready to come. You know it's getting ready to rain. So you make preparation. And then you notice that the, the winds change and they shift and they come out of the south. And you know when that happens, warmer weather is coming. And so you take off your parkas and you take off your toboggans and your mittens and you know, you know warmer weather is on the way. So he says, you're able to discern these things by looking at the sign. Why can't you discern the sign that, of the reason I'm here? Why can't you discern that? You hear me, you see me, you see the miracles, you hear my teaching. Why can you not discern this? There's a, there's a movie many of you probably have not watched, uh, but it's called Bruce Almighty. The younger people have probably seen that. I'm not going to say whether I did or not, but I can tell you about it. Uh, Bruce Almighty has been granted by God uh, great ability, actually, to be God. Now, obviously, it's a, it's a movie, so don't, it's not true. It's just a story. And so he has great power and can do um, Bruce Almighty. And so his life is just a mess. I mean, everything about he loses his job, he, his girlfriend breaks up with him, his dog will not obey. I mean, his life is just a mess. And he's just exasperated and he's crying out to God, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Why won't you save me? Why don't you step in and intervene for me? And he's going down the road and he's just, he just fussing at God and this, this utility truck pulls out in front of him. And on the back of the utility truck are all of these signs that says, stop, slow down, caution ahead, turn around. 
And he's looking at the sign, and he's talking to God, and the next thing you know, he's run into a, a, a light pole or some kind of pole and crashes. He says, see God, you won't listen to me. So here was these signs right in front of him. He's not paying attention to the sign, and so he has a, a wreck. So there's your sign, and are we paying attention to the signs? They're all over the place, uh, and we don't pay attention to them. So here they are. Jesus is talking about uh, these kinds of things. The disciples are sitting there opposite of the temple, and they ask him. He just told them that they're, they're mesmerized by it, and uh, Jesus has seen many, many more fancy buildings than that. And he says, you know, the time is coming when all of these big stones, all this thing that you see is going to be torn all down. So they ask him the question, when is this going to happen? Give us a sign. How are we going to know this is going to happen? And Jesus says, uh, this is going to just be rumble. And uh, we need a sign when else it's all going to be rumble. And the question infers this. Now, that, now pay attention, because uh, I want you to get these words. The, the question they ask, infer this. You know what the word esoteric means? I looked it up. That's how I know that. It means so you can do that. You can look up words and, and know what they mean. Esoteric means kind of like, if it's esoteric, it's kind of like veiled, hidden. You have to get a certain kind of knowledge to understand it. To get it. It's kind of like hidden out of plain view. So they're looking when they say, give us a sign that just you know, and then you can let us know that we can know when this is getting ready to happen. Can you give us that kind of like hidden knowledge or some mystery that we can get tuned into to know that when the temple gets torn down, we'll know that it's getting ready to happen. And this is, this is kind of what, now it doesn't say this, this is kind of like what I'm trying to describe what they're looking for. I could do a voice here, just to make the point, if I can do this. In the fourth watch, a blackbird with red eyes will land on the pinnacle of the temple. And then it will call three times. And after the third call, a hawk will sweep down and take the blackbird. There will be a crop circle that will form in the cornfield out beyond the walls of the temple. And when you see the crop circle, then you'll know. That's what they're looking for. That's what we're looking for. That's what human nature kind of looks for. Give us the mystery, the esoterical, the hidden knowledge so we'll know. Now, just think about that. That's what you look for. When you watch the news, when the news reports come, when you think about the end time, you're looking for esoteric, hidden, mysterious kind of knowledge so that we'll kind of know. But Jesus gives a very different kind of answer. Now, we've heard his answer many times, but we don't hear his answer. We hear, but we don't hear. We see, but we don't see because we've already heard and we can't unheard. Serious. We've heard, and so we can't perceive through. But Jesus gives a very, very different kind of answer than that esoteric one. It's, in fact, it's, it's just obvious. It's just obvious. So obvious that we kind of neglect it. We kind of like look over it like it can't mean that. Because it's not hidden. 
It's not secret. It's not esoteric. It's not even a mystery. This is what he says. And I'm going to use, again, some paraphrase kind of language just to make the point. Well, let me kind of give it to you like this. When you see a big army gather around Jerusalem, and when you see that they have breached the wall and have reached the temple, and they have big weapons, I just getting ready to end. There's your sign. That's what he said. There's no, there's no crow. There's no calling. There's no black hawk to sweep down and take the crow. He says, here's your sign. When you see a big army gather around Jerusalem, when they breach the walls, when they get to the temple, it's coming down. Here's your sign. Now, you think about that. Now, I, 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 can, I can feel a little bit of resistance from that. Now, think about the signs that Jesus has already done. He turned water into wine as a sign. There was nothing. It was just water turned to wine here. Turned a blind man's eyes to see. Here's your sign. Made the lame to walk. Here's your sign. There's nothing esoteric. There's nothing hidden. There's no, no mystery about it. Tell you to see what's going on. You're probably not coming out. You're going to get killed. Run to the mountains. It's not mysterious. It's not esoteric. It's plain as can be. But then, in that same discussion, he begins, he shifts to another event. Not only did he talk about the tearing down, now we're talking about what's going to be the sign. Not only does he, he talks about the tearing down of the, the temple because they're mesmerized by it, and he says this is coming down, they're going to tear one stone off of the other until there's not hardly anything left standing. And he talks, and then he shifts to his own return. That's when we have the crow with the red eyes and the hawk and the crop circle. Everybody shake your head, no. That's not when we're going to get all that. And I can just give you what Jesus had to say. I just can give you that. It's as Jesus said in my first coming, I came veiled, I came as a baby. I came incarnate, I came wrapped in flesh. I came so that the eye of faith was necessary to be exercised in order for you to see me. But when I come again, it's not going to be like that. When I came the first time, it required the eye of faith. When I come back, it is not going to require the eye of faith. Now, some of you have been so conditioned and so steeped in esoteric kinds of searching out, it's going to be hard for you to hear. Now, he says that there will be signs in the heavens. The sea will be disturbed. Nations will be perplexed. 
and you will see the Son of Man coming. Now, now just hear what Jesus has to say. There are many, many books written about it. I've got several in my office. There are many, many speculative kind of things that are written about it. But if I was to go outside tomorrow or walk outside of my house tomorrow afternoon or evening and I saw all of a sudden some strange events in the sky and the sun, and I'm, just, I'm not saying this what the Bible says, I'm saying if I went out and saw this, and the sun was uh, in a pulsating kind of action, And there were not shooting stars that you had to kind of like sit on the porch for an hour and a half in the cold and like hope you see one. But you actually saw stuff happening in the heavenly bodies. And you got word that there were tsunamis broke out all over the ocean. And nations had readied themselves in code red and armed their missiles because they were perplexed. They didn't know what in the world was getting ready to happen. And all of a sudden, all the major news networks honed into one channel. And on every cell phone and on every TV and on every car radio, you heard this sound. You know what that is? It's besides one of the most irritating noise you ever heard in church. It's like emergency, emergency, emergency. And then, if you saw... Because it would be broadcast all over the world, one like the Son of Man, a human-looking figure, appear in the heavenlies, and cameras zoomed in on him as he approached. Broadcasters would go on the news, and they would go, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going on. Some Christians say this is the return of Christ. Some say that it's an alien from outer space. We don't know what's going on. I would, I hope, do what Jesus said. Go out, square your shoulders, raise your head, because your redemption is drawing near. What he's saying is, there's not going to be a crow that's going to call three times. There's not going to be a crop circle that's going to develop in a cornfield somewhere. There's not going to be a crow that's going to sweep down from the pinnacle temple of, of, of Jerusalem. What's going to happen is I'm going to show up. And you're not going to be mistaken about it. I'm not going to come veiled. I'm not going to come mysteriously. You're not going to have to have some kind of crystal ball to look into. I'm going to show up. And when I show up, you're going to know it. There's not going to be a mystery about it. I'm going to show up. And I'm going to come in regal power and with glory. Be ready. tell you a thousand years from now where they're going to line up. I'm just serious. and we, we go bunkers with all that stuff. And you can make a million dollars if you can be creative enough. Serious. Because we're gullible and we'll buy it all. And Jesus said, just be ready. I'm not going to tell you when it's happening. I'm just going to tell you it's happening. And when it happens, you're not going to wonder if it did happen. That's good praise. It really is, but it's so hard for it to hear because we've been so steeped and ingrained in a, another kind of thought process. So, 
This is this, I'll, I'll end it up with this. I'll end it with this. That doesn't mean it'll be three minutes, but it'll be close to that. A preacher's three minutes. Okay. So we're, we are, because we're kind of trained that way for the last couple of hundred years. By the way, I'm going to say something really controversial. Are you ready? Mark it down in your Bible. I'm going to say something really controversial. <laughs> you guys may not know this, and you may know this. And I'm not saying one way or the other. Okay. I have to say it because I have to be faithful. And I, and I don't know how you'll accept this. But do you know... Okay. Ask me in private what I was going to tell you. I'm, I don't want to take waste time there. I'll tell, if you want to know what I was going to tell you, just come and ask me, okay? For the sake of time and the sake, for the sake of just sparing you, if you want to know, just come and ask me. Okay, so, but because I don't want to get distracted. That may have been a distraction to miss from the main point I want to make. Listen, I really sincerely believe that Jesus is far more concerned about the signs that are here and active right now in the present moment through his church than he is about signs happening in the skies. That is the point I want to make. He is far more concerned about the signs that are alive and active in his church than he is about wonders in the heavens. Because he's not making his appeal to the world for the signs in the heavens. He's making his appeal to the world through the signs of the kingdom of God that emerge in his church that bear witness that the kingdom of God has come into the earth. That's what he's concerned about. Because he has given to you and to me the job to herald his second coming. That he's coming again. And that what can be is now active in the earth. What is, what is, uh, what is coming has already made an inauguration into the present world. So that your life is a witness to your family and to your neighbors and to your work associates. And they go, man, who are you? You live with such different values. Your language is different. You're the way you act, the way you treat people, the way that you just love for no reason. Who are you? What's coming has come. That could almost make a Nazarene shout right there. Almost. Almost. What is coming is being Debuted. Whoop! Okay, I'm sorry. What is coming is being on display. That's the point, guys and gals. All the other stuff is just squirrels. I used that last week. I like that. All that other stuff is just distractions to the main thing. And the main thing is that Jesus be exalted. That's the main thing. That Jesus be exalted. Let me say it again, that is the main thing, that Jesus be exalted, not in the sweet by and by, but here in the present moment today. So instead of getting a placard, instead of here in front of the street, in front of the road, not, don't get in front of the street, stand on the side of the road. <laughs> not good. Saying like, the end is near, turn or burn. Maybe get a sign that says, the new beginning, 
has come. The new beginning has come. The new beginning has come. Come and see. And yes, buddy, be the sign. Be the sign. You are the sign. You are, the scriptures tell us, you are a living epistle. You're a living epistle. Just like there is the word, Jesus was the living word. You are the living sign. So if we could just get this in our thinking, it would, it would change our actions. It didn't matter what somebody said. It wouldn't matter what somebody did or did not do because we would be so gripped and so convicted by being the sign of what's, of what's coming has begun in me. That who I am and how I live, it didn't matter because I would just love you and I would just serve you and I would just give my life away because that's what he did. And the, 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 What's coming has already come in me and and it's being revealed here and now. It's a, it's a, it's a trailer. You know what a trailer is? Not what you pull behind your car, but when you're going to go see a movie. Sometimes Vic and I were like, we heard about this movie. What if it's any good? Well, let's check out the trailer. And it's a little clip of what's coming. And we can tell by that, yeah, I ain't watching that. Or whatever. Or we went, to, we went to a restaurant the other day. And the guy comes and says, what you want? So we told him what he wanted. He went, well, that's an appetizer. We'll bring that. So you're an appetizer. You know what? That's, that's, you know, when I, was, when I was 14, well, yeah, 13, 14, 15, maybe 16, you know what made me want to be a Christian? Not, not only in part because I was raised in the church and I, I've, gave, I, I've bore witness to four or five men in the church who just loved me and prayed for me. And I was cantankerous. I was cantankerous. And they just love me. But one of the things that would really move me is I would, I would find people who are a little bit older than me. Like for, for, from time to time, we would have uh, these uh, college people come. And that was a 13, 14, 15. And they would stand up and bear witness to what God has done in their life. And something inside of me would go, Brent, you know, you know you want that. You know you want that. And I was hard-headed and I was stubborn. And I would resist. But one day, my stubborn will Surrendered. Thanks be to God. The largest, most demonstrable, the most convicting, the most convincing sign that God has given is the cross of Jesus. There will not be a greater sign given than that. And that sign communicates that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. This is the convicting part. God has now given to you and to me the ministry of reconciliation. I'll finish with this. See that? When I, my dad did that, I took great joy. Because I knew when he did that, he really was almost finished. But there's a painting, I forget the, I, I, I did have it in my notes, but I'm going to look it up. You can look it up if you want. I didn't do it. But there's a painting and it hung, I don't know what your, yeah, that picture right there. That picture, it's a famous picture, actually. You can tell it's medieval. Characters are kind of odd looking. Um, 
But the guy over there in the red, doing that. His finger is longer in the painting on purpose to make a point. The artist has a rendition of John the Baptist. You can see the lamb there at his feet. And he's pointing to Jesus. And there's a great German theologian whose office this hung in named Karl Barth. When people would come into his office and they would ask him about this painting, he would go, well, that's uh, John the Baptist there. And, and see that finger? That's me. I want to be that finger. I want to point Jesus continually. I want to point people to continually to Jesus. That's what I want to do. That's how I want to live. Of all the things in life that one can do or be about or marshal or experience, may my life be like the finger of John the Baptist and say, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. The cross says that God loves you and loves me at the cost of his life at the cost of his shed blood. And I wonder this morning if you have accepted that sign from God. There is not a greater sign. And signs are for the moment. They're for the moment. The moment that you encounter the sign, not everyone sees. Not everyone will buy into it. Jesus said on the great day of the feast, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. Not everyone's thirsty. Some satisfy themselves with other things. But for those who serve thirsty, for those who see the sign, for those who will respond, then you can be ready when he does come. And then you can be among the living signs that walk in the earth that point people everywhere around you. The kingdom of God has come. But it has just begun. Its fullness is yet to arrive. But you can be ready when it does come. Lord, we're so frail. We're so weak. We get so distracted. Thanks for joining us at Central Church today. If you'd like to get involved, please visit us at centralnazarene.org.